Welcome to Classically Current, where we review new films every week and link them together with classic films of the past. With your host, Zach and Kyle. Welcome, welcome back to our show. This is Classically Current. With, of course, your host, Zach and Kyle, once again, we are going to be talking about the hitman's wife's bodyguard. And, Kyle, why are we doing this movie? Why? Because we hate ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah, because we wanted to torture ourselves for two hours. <laughs> Actually, Kyle, according to Google, three hours, <laughs> as we found out. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was very confusing. Google says it is three hours long, and we were uh, going in watching the previews, exactly. and we looked at the runtime, and we were like, oh my gosh, Kyle, we can't sit through three hours no, of this were, movie. There we was a legit moment, beginning of the film, where I said, wait, this is three hours, and I debated walking out right then and there. I was like, I cannot do a three-hour movie. And Zach, you for sure wouldn't have been able to do a three-hour movie based on, you know, how you uh, were able to get through this film. And that was just <laughs> in an hour and 40 minutes. Yes, uh, I was briefly, I briefly had uh, a little bit of drowsiness, I guess you could say. I don't know what it is. I don't usually fall asleep in I figured. Movie. I, I just have had so thought. much lack of sleep the past week or two. It all just culminated in me just trying my best to stay awake. And, you know, there's some parts that are funny and, and humorous, which we'll talk about. But it just, I don't know what it was. I tried so hard. And I remember at the end of the movie, um, I don't even remember what the last line was. And I was <laughs> totally zonked out. And I was like, oh, Kyle, what did they say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I figured that you'd fallen asleep. I just yeah, I just figured uh, you were deep in thought and closed your eyes. Too. I held it. You know, I I hit it so well. I yeah. could have totally faked that whole thing, but you know what? It's uh, you know what? It's fun to watch a movie where maybe you weren't really looking that forward to it necessarily, but you're looking for it to maybe surprise you and impress you. And not sure if this really did that for me or not, but we'll we'll talk about it and get into it. Uh, it is directed, it is an action comedy, of course, with Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, and Salma Hayek, directed by Patrick Hughes, and uh, the film is an actual sequel to the 2017 film, The Hitman's Bodyguard, and uh, yeah, that's mostly it. I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds uh, trying to overcome his fear of being a bodyguard again after he got embarrassed in the previous film, and uh, so without further ado, Kyle... Uh, let's just get into it. Let's talk about the director profile. It's this um, podcast episode is going to be a little different as we have already recorded our post theater reaction, and we're just going to uh, slot that in to our review section. So we won't actually do that on this episode. We're just going to slot our initial reactions of the movie, which is about ten minutes long, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. But without further ado, let's get into it, Kyle, and let the podcast begin. So Patrick Hughes is an Australian film director and actor. Uh, he started making short films when he was young and spent three years in film school. So I guess he was a film school dropout. 
Um, however, after making a string of high-profile commercials and shorts and multiple failed attempts to option a script for an action western film, he decided to direct it himself under a short schedule and low budget in what would eventually become the 2010 film Red Hill, starring Ryan Quantin, Steve Bisley, and Tommy Lewis. Uh, he's also directed uh, some commercials and uh, other short films. Um, it did catch some of his stuff, did catch the eye of Hollywood star Sylvester Stallone, who's looking for some new blood to direct the third installment of the lucrative The Expendables franchise. And Hughes ended up uh, directing The Expendables 3. And also, he was, rena he was named as the director of the remake of the 2011 Indonesian action film. The Raid Redemption, starring Taylor Kitsch, but by October 2015, once both Kitsch and Screen Gems had dropped out of the project, Hughes also dropped out as director, so that ended up falling through. Um, then finally, he was able to uh, get into uh, actual, actually directing a film that saw, saw it through to the end with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, Gary Oldman, and Salma Hayek, and The Hitman's Bodyguard. And that actually did uh, pretty well, earning $180.6 million worldwide against a budget uh, that was between 30 to $69 million. Uh, so the sequel, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, was also directed by Hughes, with Reynolds, Jackson, and Hayek returning, in addition to uh, supporting actors Antonio Banderas and Morgan Freeman, and was uh, set for release June 16, 2021, but... After being delayed previously to August 20, 2021 from the original release date of August 28, 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, so it was going to be in August and then they switched it to June? Yeah, that's so that's kind of weird. That's like one of the first ones I've seen where it's actually moved up from the uh, due to the COVID pandemic. So maybe that's yeah, because they've got they a figured. lot on the slate for the uh, second half of this year. They didn't want well, yeah, to compete with. Yeah, and I think with. that there's just a lot of movement from June. Probably there's a lot of things that moved probably yeah. from May to June, and then they're going later in the year. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Just to give you guys a little bit of movie background, the filming began on this film in March of 2019 in Europe. Filming took place in Trieste, Italy, Croatia, Slovenia, Bulgaria, and the United Kingdom. It's funny, Kyle, because we just watched a movie in Luca, which had a lot of inspiration from the Italian countryside, and this movie had a lot of real-life Italian-like set pieces, it seemed like, yeah, uh, all across Italy. This is where this film takes place. I definitely prefer Luca's uh, take of it, though. <laughs> I do prefer the... Uh, I mean, they got, Luca got a lot of it right, actually, looking at the real-life yeah. uh, version of it. And looking well, at like now, now that I've seen like shot by shot, side by side comparisons of Luca's Italy and then where they actually got all the inspiration from, it's pretty amazing. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe this one just had. Did this one have a bigger budget, fifty to seventy million? I don't know. I just wonder because like I think the first film actually just shot in like one location throughout, and uh, this one had multiple, several locations. So it. I don't know. I guess it's, it was kind of hard to get a feel for the atmosphere, the vibe of the film, really, as a whole, because of that. I felt. But uh, yeah, let's it, let's kind of get into the budget in box office. Um, yeah, like you said. Yeah, it's go on. Sorry, go ahead. 
Uh, so yeah, it was made on a fifty to seventy million dollar budget, and so far it's recouped about thirty five point nine million. Uh, that's as of a couple days ago, and uh, as of June 29, thousand twenty one, Hitman's Bodyguard wife has grossed twenty six point five million in the United States and Canada, and nine point four million in other territories. Obviously, adding up to thirty five point nine million. Yeah, so this is yet again. The pandemic season strikes again with this one. You know, Fast uh, 9, which is currently released, is actually doing quite well and it's taking up a lot of the box office grossing. And now this film, as you would probably expect, just didn't hit well because not a lot of people are going back to the movie theaters. I think it's slowly getting there. With Fast 9, I think it's slowly getting back to normal. So it'll be interesting to see what uh the new movies in july will look yeah. like with uh, space jam and you have the jungle cruise coming out yep quite a few notable movies coming out in july so yeah i just feel like it has to be a big movie right now or a big name in the movie for it to really stick out and i don't know if this was the movie that's really gonna really do that yet right and uh, just talking about the more critical response of the film it actually holds a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes with 161 reviews. Uh, and this one has a critics consensus of, despite the charms of the ensemble, the hitman's wife's bodyguard fails to protect the audience from repetitive and tired genre tropes. And according to Metacritic, which assigned a weighted average score of 32 out of 100 on 34 critic reviews. So it's generally unfavorable. Reviews will audience liked it though, Zach. We thought, but the audiences was through the roof. It was like 83, 84%, something like that. And so the people who like the first one will probably like this one, I would say. You don't don't let the critics get you down. If you really enjoyed Ryan Reynolds and the and company in the first one, I would say check this one out as well if you really enjoyed it. But let's get into the did you know and, and go over the fun facts and then talk about the movie. Yeah, so, Zach, did you know that at one point, Michael Bryce, Ryan Reynolds' character, hit someone with a bottle of aviation gin, and this is the brand of gin that is owned by Reynolds in real life. Really? I did not know he was a gin connoisseur, and he has his own. That's pretty interesting. Which I uh, actually, I don't think I realized that uh, when watching the movie. I don't realize that he... uh, had thrown the bottle of gin at him. I don't remember that either. I was probably when I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were busy. You had uh, something going on. Yeah, yeah. I was. I I stayed awake through most of the movie. Okay, I got the gist of it enough to talk about it, but there were just brief moments of a of a brief like few seconds to get a little nod on. Yeah, I mean, you but, just missed uh, the most important end, part of the ending. You know, just the. That's all. I just miss some. Um, a lot of the jokes are similar, so I feel like I did watch the movie several times. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Fair but, point. But, uh, Kyle, did you know that though the film is partially set in Greece, none of the filming for the movie actually shot there? So, like we talked about, a lot yeah. of it's in Italy, but it's also in Greece, but they didn't actually shoot there. So, that's pretty impressive yeah, of them to get the production design to get it just right. Yeah. Zach, did you know that at least 150 cast and crew members from the Hitman's Bodyguard, which was the original, they came back to work on the sequel. 
So that's quite a few people I that could... came back to work. They must have had a good well, experience just... on the first one. Well, I could just see these three uh, actors having a good time, and that also flows into the workers as well. Yeah, but they had too like... much of a good time, Zach. They had too much of a good time and not enough of a good effort. But we'll, we already kind of talked about that. <laughs> it just got a little tiresome, the jokes. And like maybe they did have a little too much fun, but at least the cast and crew had a good time. But unfortunately, it's, just, it's one of those situations where you have your best friends all coming together to work on a movie and, and you have so much fun you forget that. There's... Uh, other people that are trying to enjoy it and not just yourself, but uh, like kind of that reminds me of Grown Ups when Adam Sandler brings oh, all his gosh. family and friends together, yeah, and then they just have some ridiculous humor that doesn't always. Hit. There was no purpose for that is, movie to be made. I'm not going to say it's as as bad as that movie, but you know it doesn't have a high hit rate for the Hitman. You know, <laughs> for, as far clever, as laughs go, clever, Zach. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, Kyle, there's one more. Did you know? Did you know that Salma Hayek refused to do the shot where she and Ryan Reynolds' characters were drugged and fall on each other when she found out his face would end up on her butt and hers would be against his crotch? So they had to use a body double for her. Oh my word, Kyle. I was thinking about that because that is one of the more funny moments of the movie. I don't want to spoil it too much, but there is something that uh, Ron Reynolds' character consumes that is making him a little loopy. So uh, at the end of that bit, he ends up falling on someone's bottom. And I thought that was her, but she actually refused to do it. I guess, you know, she's got standards. So I, I can't, you know, I can't blame her for that. Well, yeah, and her and Samuel L. Jackson were just like, all over each other and you're just oh like, gosh are you serious yeah. Yeah. i mean yeah that was it played for laughs you know and i'm uh, sure they had some but fun that's, with it but, but that is the problem with this movie zach is that that was so much of what it was is like her and samuel L. jackson are both like almost just too obnoxious throughout this film they're just very strong like uh characters and then they're just dumping on ryan or ryan reynolds throughout the entire movie just their big punching bag right it's just too much of a fallback but yeah right and uh yeah kyle i'm glad you mentioned that because uh that's a little a little bit of a not a spoiler but that's a little bit of a sample of what our review is going to be we now that we've done the did you knows and talked about the director and the movie background and everything take a listen to our review of the movie and our rating This is Zach and Kyle. We are back from the theater watching. Yeah, we are. We're back. We're back with another reaction. You're going to love it this time, I swear. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> it's the first time we've ever recorded in person with each other since the Impractical Jokers' very first episode of Classically Current. And now we're finally recording It's like again. deja vu. Yes, and we're here today to discuss... The highly anticipated, <laughs> I don't know how to describe <laughs> this movie, the Hitman's The Hitman's bodyguard. wife's bodyguard. Hitman's bodyguard's wife. Is wait, wait, wait. The hit, no, it says the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Oh, okay. I got it completely wrong. The Hitman's 
wife's bodyguard with Ryan Reynolds, Selma Hayek, Samuel L. Jackson, and a surprising appearance from Morgan Freeman. This movie came you out. You gave it away! It's in the... Ah, oh, no! Look at the movie up and he's in the cast. Okay. <laughs> he's in the credits in the beginning. Oh, he's man. in the opening credits of the movie, so it's not really a spoiler. It was like Kevin Spacey in Seven, and you blew it! <laughs> they did not tell you that Kevin Spacey was in the movie. That's true. He was not in the credits. He was not in the credits. Morgan Freeman was. So we're, this is what we're going to be doing from time to time. We're going to watch a movie in the theater. We just came back from it. And then we're going to briefly discuss our thoughts on the movie. And we'll add this into our regular show that we do. <coughs> so, Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I This forgot. is the unfiltered take. So we're not really editing this stuff out. So, Kyle, behave yourself. Oh. Shoot, I can't do that. <laughs> and, uh, Kyle, this movie... So, yes... As I was saying, this is what we're going to be doing from time to time when we meet up. And uh, this is our second time. Actually, this is the first time we're doing it. We did this with the A Quiet Place, which we didn't get to finish. But Kyle actually survived this theater experience. I did. Although I did have to pee at the last few minutes, and I just had to kind of suffer through it. He didn't have to but miss I made it. anything. I, on the other hand, got some Zach, Zach was very No, no, no. Zach was very enthralled by it. I was very enthralled by it, so enthralled that I briefly, You just couldn't handle Your I, mind just could not handle it. I had to close chaos. my eyes a few times and doze yeah. off a little bit. Which I'm surprised because I didn't even re- realize that you were asleep. <laughs> That's right. Just in my head, like any movie I've ever gone to with Zach, he never falls asleep. It, it, uh, so I never even thought that Zach, of all people, would fall fall asleep in a movie I was trying so hard I was trying so hard to stay awake and you know what this movie I just didn't engage me on a personal like uh, relationship level like I didn't really feel for these characters that much now we should say that me and Kyle did not see the first movie in fact Kyle didn't realize that this was a sequel (laughs) to the Hitman's Bodyguard that came out a few years ago this movie is rated R it is a Pretty violent, I feel like, surprisingly so. A lot of F-bombs, yeah. as you could imagine, from Samuel L. Jackson Actually, and company. Actually, Selma, Selma Hayek was, uh, she kind of had a filthy mouth on her. Selma Hayek was filthy. She was kind of ruthless, too. Like, uh, up there with, like, her um, Savages character. If you ever saw that movie. Yeah, no, oh, I have not seen that one. You know, this movie is kind of what happened. What actually happened to this movie? <laughs> um, I mean... Well... I don't know if we really want to go into the not, details of the film. Uh, basically, the main plot is Brian Reynolds' character is uh, coming to grips with not being a bodyguard anymore. He lost his license. He lost his license, and now he's trying to live life, as a simple life, without that, and leave all that behind. That simple, yeah, that uh, that kind of bugged me, though. Like, that simple life, like, faded really fast. Yes. It lasted two minutes, and then, like, he's already involved in it again. A lot of this movie is played for laughs and comedy, yeah. uh, so you don't have a lot of impactful character moments, as anytime they're trying to set up maybe an important character yeah. moment that you might feel for them, it always turns into a comedic moment. <clears throat> and those... Um, Comedic moments and the humor maybe hit 50% of the time for me or less. Yeah. I will say I think I thought that some of the uh, writing, although it's like it was seemingly meaningless at moments, it kind of came back around. 
uh, like where it had a reason for being in there. So I thought they did okay with the editing of the writing, but I didn't think that this movie did really anything to um, expand or make the genre, uh, you know, the action comedy genre more unique. Uh, so it really just it eh, kind of falls flat with me. And the funniest person in it, Ryan Reynolds, gets just like crapped on the entire movie. And it's just like, it's almost just like too much of a fallback that this movie uses for co comedic uh, value here. And I didn't think that it worked all the time for it. Right. That's a good point to make, actually, because uh, Ryan Reynolds, I, I like Ryan Reynolds in a lot of films. Uh, he does a good job. He's pretty funny. Deadpool is, you know, high up there with a yeah. good comedic action type movie. And this movie, like you said, it gets completely dumped on to the point where you just you're, don't really you're care for him. Almost just annoyed. You like, just kind of yeah. get annoyed with it over and over. And then um, kind of what they did with Morgan Freeman's character, I had some issue with, but I don't want to spoil too much, so... Um, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we can, because this portion of our review here will be spliced into our regular episode. This is mainly our highs and our lows. So, Kyle, what was, uh, I guess, your most, your, your high points and your low points? The um, I first the, to worst, as we call it. I thought the second half of the film picked up a little more, uh, became a little more interesting as we got, like, maybe these minor, like, backstory flashbacks, uh, throughout to kind of relate the characters a little bit more. Um... Low point was just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just was kind of bland to me. Um, I thought the humor was okay at, at times, but it, I think for the most part, it just, like I said, it, it, it used too much of the same material and tried to do too much of the same thing that it just didn't really work out for, for me. Yeah. And, uh, for me, Kyle, I guess the best part of this movie, I enjoy Ronald Ren Ryan Reynolds in this movie. I think he does a good job. Uh, and that's where it ends. Yeah, <laughs> I think for me. Like I honestly, mean, the I, other characters Samuel, get pretty obnoxious. Like um, yes, Salma, uh, Salma Hayek, Hayek gets is, over the top. So she does. Yeah, she gets over the top. Samuel L. Jackson and her are riffing, and it can be kind of funny, comedic. Well, but they're too much of the same person. I like though that what you said that you know, there's a lot of things that are just. just are shown in flashbacks and they right. just seem to like not make sense or are meaningless like you said but they mm -hmm. kind of all come full circle yeah with the writing well even so like there, there's a, okay but yeah during it and when you're going through it it really is not that interesting it's like yeah really dumb actually like this really. is one like like by next week i'm probably gonna forget about it like uh and i don't really feel like you need to go re-see it again but um, I mean, if you had really liked the first movie and you knew the characters yeah. and you knew their dynamics, uh, you know, maybe it would have helped that we would have seen the first one to kind of know what I we were so. getting into yeah. a little bit. But uh, so I, don't, I can't really say that. I mean, it's not unfair for me to say that it's really bad or unwatchable uh, because. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really get to see the first one. I came into it not really knowing much about the characters and their dynamics, and now I have learned. Maybe maybe we should just go back and look at the first one, but... Uh, I don't know. I feel like it maybe would have given us a little more context on, like, the actual storyline that was taking place. Like, But uh, I think... We kind of understand, that, yeah, deep down. That, yeah, I like, feel like we have a good understanding of like what makes a good film, what makes a bad film, and and to me, this one's just kind of it just like falls in the uh, just average uh, lands for me, like where I'm just kind of apathetic towards it. 
I don't necessarily hate it, but I don't love it. And it doesn't really pique my interest at any certain point. So, um, yeah, I mean, outside of like a few funny parts, it, yeah, it just kind of is a, a dud for me. I think the, one of the funniest parts, I guess, would have been when, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but when Ryan Reynolds ha consumes some type of material that makes him kind yeah. of a little bit uh, loopy, sleepy, well, dopey. I, yeah, okay, I was going to say the, uh, the introduction uh, with uh, Morgan Freeman's character. Yeah. I thought that 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 was kind of a funny moment in the movie probably one of the funnier moments throughout but uh yeah i mean it's some Otherwise. of the some of the worst things about it we kind of already talked about it like you said it's just kind of forgettable it's kind of bland uh, the jokes don't always land all the time the storyline kind of comes full circle but you're not really engaged with it i feel like the no. action and stuff is just like you're there i always hate action was just killing people for killing people's sake it yeah. doesn't have any stakes or <laughs> meaning and it's just i didn't some, like yeah i do want to touch on that real quick because yeah that was another thing like uh we've seen a few other recent action movies that where you know whether it's john wick or uh you know something else like nobody where it almost like they have a few uh kind of unique um action a few unique action sequences and and just a little bit more um uh dynamic and this one just didn't have that for me i didn't feel like there was anything unique with the action the fight sequences um it didn't really i didn't feel like the camera work really did anything to uh you know make it more dynamic and interesting uh so yeah i i feel like it's just very uh cut and paste uh it's just a money gra cash grabber you know just to make some money off of a franchise so i don't know just well, yeah, and I think land. I'm realizing that this movie just really isn't for me because there's just no weight to these right. deaths and these characters shooting people. It's all yeah. played for just laughs and right. lightheartedness when in real life, you know, it killing people and making people disposable is a yeah. really horrific thing. Yeah. So for me, it doesn't mesh well. Yeah. Um, es escapism has a place in uh, cinema, I think, that it's always good to have a little bit of. But, um, yeah, I think it it just gets to a point in this where it's just too much um and it's just too too much over the top that you can't even take it realistically and so for me Kyle I'm going to give this a 4 out of 10 which is the same that I gave Tom and Jerry and I think I'd rather watch Tom and Jerry than this movie. <laughs> I um I I, I will not agree with you on the Tom and Jerry <laughs> thing but I will say um I'm giving it the same score a 4 out of 10 for me yeah, I uh, yeah, but that that is our take on the movie. Uh, as far as classics that we will relate it to, we'll probably think of ours and then kind of bring it to the table when we do our actual episode. But thank you guys for listening to us. We just want to take five to ten minutes to talk about a movie after our theater theater going experience. Uh, just uh, I hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, we can do this hopefully more in the future as well. Yeah. <laughs> We, we, like, really started this uh, off with, like, a bang, and, uh, you know, we really took it to the dumps right after <laughs> and the final couple minutes of it where we just trashed on this movie, it feels like. <laughs> yes, uh, so, in summary, I would skip this. Skip it. And you can find something else to watch. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of interesting things coming up in July that we're excited about, yeah. and we're going to talk about that as well uh, probably on this show but on the next show as well so thank you guys for tuning into this part of our episode
that was it for our movie review of The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. We were not as much of a fan of this movie, but if you liked the original, I feel like there's some things, you know, if you like hanging out with these characters. Me and Kyle just didn't really like hanging out with these characters as well as some people did. I mean, 83% of fans liked it, so... You know, it's escapism. It's There's a lot of fun to be had with those three characters if you enjoyed them. So go feel free to check it out. But I, I'd say for me, you know, I would say skip it and wait till it maybe comes on DVD or, or uh, Blu-ray or streaming. But Kyle, let's get into our classic movie link. And for me, I would link this movie because it has some similarities even to the marketing and everything to The Bodyguard, which was starring Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. Uh, this is one of my. This is actually my one of my uh, family members' favorite movies, or one of them. She really enjoys Kevin Costner and watching him on screen, and so it's kind of similar to that. Is that in that movie he is protecting Whitney Houston as she is uh, running away from someone who has been abusive to her in her past. Yeah, and of course. Uh, miss, but what were you saying? Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say the only difference that one's not really much of a comedy. No, so it much. is not. And it, but it actually rings true to probably a lot of Whitney Houston's uh, personal life as well. I think that's why it had that magic. It kind of had that realism of uh, of her just kind of because she's not. Tradi- I don't. She's not a traditional actress. I don't think she was no. traditionally trained. But she's no. got so much, uh, you know, of her life in this movie that it just really works. So, similar to like Eminem in like Eight Mile or. Right or uh, uh, Hudson, Jennifer Hudson in yeah, Dreamgirls. Yeah. You yep. know, so, you know it, it often works out that way. But what was your uh, main movie, Kyle, for your classic movie? Like, I know you had a few. So I guess there's like, um, I guess a couple different movies, but they're both directed by the same guy, Shane Black, who did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and he also did uh, the other guys, starring another Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Um, I guess basically I just kind of get the same vibe a little bit, although I thought both of those films were uh, superior to uh, this one. I thought that it kind of captured that uh, almost buddy comedy a little bit better. And even then, it's like the characters weren't necessarily friends. They didn't really like each other. But something about that just kind of made both of them uh, funny and fun. And, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily either one was the punching bag so much. Although maybe Ryan Gosling was a little bit, but... uh, I just felt like yeah, it was kind of them both having to um, uh, find their resolve and uh, kind of take down this this big uh, you know crime lord. And yeah, I mean, there's really kind of there's not on. like a lot of redeeming quality to the hitman's wife's bodyguard, as it's just it really is for laughs and yeah. action and and uh, actually kind of some gritty violence. I feel like or gruesome. There wasn't uh, much sympathy. Unnecessarily so. I feel yeah. like, but. I feel like this movie could have been PG-13 and been better off for it. But well, and that's, that's yeah. just me. Again, that's another thing for me. I think I thought that uh, you know what those classic movies did for me was they built they build sympathy for the character, made him relatable, um, and you know both of them had their moments to shine. And I feel like we didn't get that really with uh, any of these characters. None of them like had their own moment to shine. Um, you know, outside of a couple crazy action sequences, but uh, under yeah, other than just, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's f bombs, yeah, I mean Samuel made, L. Jackson, the man has made so much movie, uh, it, so much money, yeah. off of just one phrase. He's it's literally amazing. played himself through like his entire career. 
He's never had to change it up. Selma Hayek, she's kind of like the same way as like the, the female character in this. And she doesn't have that many redeeming qualities. She just shouts and cusses a lot and, you know, likes to uh, mess with Samuel L. Jackson a lot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they kind of treat Ryan Reynolds like trash throughout. And I just feel like you can't treat your, your characters like that throughout. You should treat your characters, your actors, with respect. Uh, you know, that makes the audience have more of a respect and uh, for them throughout. And I, I kind of feel like that was kind of... Uh, destroyed here and and that kind of made me not like this movie a lot yeah so i guess for both of us it's a pass on this one but i'm glad we did check it out i'm glad we were able to go back to the movie theater again maybe the next time we go to the movie theater we'll actually have a simple experience no drama no sleeping no <laughs> well, nausea i made like it through this one at least <laughs> that was big yes uh, so yeah that's that's me getting uh getting back from my you know first experience back from covid now we'll see how you your what well, your first experience is back from your sleepiness thank you guys once again for tuning in if you like this please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you will never miss a show if you found value in our show we'd love it if you gave us a review so we can continue to grow and reach more enthusiastic movie fans in the future or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out as well be sure to check out our Facebook page, Classically Current Podcast, to receive updates on our show as well as vote on other films to review in the future. Thanks again for joining us, and as always, stay classy and stay current. <laughs>